All right. How many have had a crappy 2021? Be honest. Raise your, somebody almost raised their hand. They stopped. <laughs> okay. How many people have had a slightly crappy 2021? How many people have had at least one crappy thing happen to them in 2021 that really discouraged them? So I think by now everybody's raised their hand, right? Anybody not had a crappy thing happen to you in 2021? Okay. I'm not celebrating that, but that reinforces what we're doing today. So I think something that's burdened me for a long time is that we lead people to the altar. We lead them to Jesus. And I think there's this expectation everything's going to be perfect because he is the Prince of Peace, and we deserve that, and we can claim that. But we don't talk about the realities of life happens, and life is tough, especially 2021. I mean, 2020, right? And we're sick of talking about 2020, but 2021 has just ratcheted up to a new level of evil. I heard somebody say the other day, for a long time, evil has been called good, but we are finally at the point where good is being called evil. And it's so sad. So I think we got to prepare people when they give their life to Christ, when they step forward and step out in boldness, that there's going to be an attack a lot of times. And I don't understand that, but it's in Scripture. Jesus was born. The next time we see him, he's 12, and he's run away from his parents. And we joked about Mary, you know, what would happen to Mary in 2021? Would she be taken into child services or whatever because she lost her son for three days? So Jesus is born, we don't see him again until he's 12, and then we don't see him again until he's 30. When he's 30, he shows up on the scene, he gets baptized, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. God's voice says, this is my son. This is my son. And then what happens? He's tempted. Born, baptized, tempted. What happens right after he's tempted? He's rejected. Think about that. Your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was born, got baptized, was tempted by Satan, rejected. And he had to go through those two things of temptation and rejection before he did what? Teaching, miracles, signs, and wonders. So I think sometimes we get caught up in the craziness or the crappiness or whatever happened this year or this month or this week. And there's two things I'm trying to get at here. Number one, we need to learn to persevere through that because maybe God's allowing us to be tested to see if we're ready to go do the purpose. Then the other thing is, are we willing to stop in the madness and say, this is what God did good? It's called a testimony. So we kind of did this at Easter. We're going to do it again. Today is going to be Testimony Sunday. If you've had the crappiest 2021, crappiest year of your life, I'm challenging you to find something to come up here and tell us about where God has shown up in your life. And I'm going to ask people to get out of their comfort zone to come do it. I don't care if it's one or two people or the whole place. I want you to come up here and brag about what God has done in your life. It may be something so simple. I've already told you one, healed a girl from brain cancer, tumor, that's a big one, right? But sometimes it's just getting us through that day or getting us through that moment. So we're going to take some time today, and we're going to set aside, you know, if you're only looking for bad things, what do you find? 
bad things. So if we spend some time today looking for the good things God's done, what are we going to find? Good things. The world is dark right now, right? What are you supposed to be? Okay. If I bring a lamp into this room right now and turn it on, does it have a lot of effect? Some. But if I go outside at night when it's pitch dark and turn on that lamp, what does it do? So the world is dark, but that's when we get to shine. Our light's important all the time, but when the sun's shining, our light's not as effective. When it's dark, our light illuminates the darkness. So today that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to invite somebody. I don't know who the first person is. It's always awkward for the first one because somebody's got to break the ice. Who wants to come up here and talk about something good Jesus has done in your life in 2021? Doesn't have to be 2021, but we're really focusing on if you're going through something rough right now and you're persevering it, you can talk about that. If Jesus has shown up and healed you, talk about it. If he's led you through something, talk about it. If he's done something where you thought he wasn't answering it, but you can look back and see he was answering it. You know, that happens sometimes. We're like, man, God didn't really answer my prayer the way I wanted. And then six months later, we're like, holy crap, he answered our prayer exactly how I needed it, and I didn't see it. All right? So it's open mic time. Who's first? <laughs> hey, y'all. How y'all doing today? Jesus is Lord, just to let you know. Uh, I am John Ray, and I used to be a, well, I am a surgeon, but I was um, years ago from Louisiana, moved up here because God called us here. So basically, I started doing practice of surgery, and I was in the world really bad. Matter of fact, at one time, I had a desire to kill someone because what I thought they did, but it's really me doing it to them. And as we can say, we project what we do on others and accuse them. And I walk in this thing called condemnation. I walk in this thing called judgment. And I, another one of those things, condemnation. So those are the things I used to walk in. And I pick it up every now and then. But one day I said, I'm tired of this planning to kill someone and thinking about killing them because it was caused me to go through hell. And so I said, well, I'm going to give it up. And that day I just forgave him and I was free. So I got freed at that time. Well, guess what? I enjoyed freedom for a little while, but then I went back in the world. And I started having some problems with my practice of surgery because some things happened business-wise. And then my partner said, well, let's start doing this bariatric surgery to help people get thinner. So we started doing that. And I saw amazing results. I saw people go from 500 pounds to 150 pounds. I saw them taking 20 to 40 medications a day, and they were free of the medications. Not only that, they got life. Not a life, but life, abundant life. And so God was drawing me in. I said, well, I'm going to start praying for these people. Why? Because God put it on my heart to burden us. So when they come in the office, particularly the women, women's third class, fourth class, fifth class, to 100 class, persons today. And when they are down, they're down. But men, eh, you know, we're kind of like jerks. You know, we hide it well. But women, they, a lot of my women who came in, my patients, I was able to say, you are daughter of the living God. You have been chosen. And, you know, give them hope. And that was the most important thing. I could see them brighten up. I saw them cry, and then I saw life just creep into them. And I was going, wow, that wasn't me, that was God. So then we go to surgery, do the surgery, and they did, a lot of them did well. But toward the end of, my, end of my practice, things weren't, some things happened. Attacks, of course. 
And so I was getting tired of this. I said, I love being in an office talking to the patients, but the surgery itself got old. And so this year God said, well, I didn't do, didn't say, but he got me to retire. So now I'm retired and I do not regret it at all. I love surgery. I love helping people. I can still help people and I still can love people. But doing the surgery, it's not my calling anymore. He has opened the door and he's called me further. And so this... Um, <laughs> wonderful thing called COVID came in and of course my partner had some problems and had uh, you know heart problems and he had to get the, the vaccine and I said I ain't getting it and about so many days after COVID was announced I got it and I was brought after the president says I'm taking hydroxychloroquine I brought it up so I got it and I took it three days later I was well no problem but I went to Louisiana I gave it to my daughter and her husband and her grandson and so I am person non gratis there anymore and they're afraid to come up here, and they have bought into the, the lie of the fear. And so basically, we used to have our grandchild here all the time with us, but now he's not allowed to come up, and I'm the culprit. So it's heartbreaking, and a lot of other things happen. When I, when I retired, I, got, I went severe depression, and I got anxious, and now I'm on medication for that. And then I talked to my brother. He said, well, that's everybody else in the family. So we got a family history of anxiety and fear. So uh, God is working through this right now. I am not free of it, but I am free of it, okay? I go back in it, but I am free. Uh, we adopted two children from Guatemala, and the, the little girl, a son and a, a, yeah, a girl and a boy, I still remember this, and God brought it up today. She was like, I guess, two years old, and we put her in a tub and washed her, and I went to watch TV, and here she comes, butt naked through the room. I'll be free! I'll be free! I'll be clean! I clean! I clean! And so remember, I clean! I clean! I clean! I clean! <laughs> and just remind, we are clean. We are clean. We are washed in the blood. We are clean. And I uh, pulled this thing off. To, where was it? Off the internet. Let me just get it real quick if I can find it. And then I'll quit. God put this on my heart after I saw this. I thought it was cool. And let's see. Oh, if I could bring it up. Oh, sorry. Whoopah, sorry. Good thing you brought it It said, right here it says. Okay. It says, stop fighting for freedom. Start being free instead. Do it now. Live your life as if you're free. If everyone just understood that, that they're already free, that freedom is inherent, freedom is inherent to their being and their well-being from God and acted, acted that the, this way then all the troubles we're going through, especially especially this thing COVID, would be over. We have the power. We have the power to be free. We can be free in oppression, in persecution, or in freedom. And if this is the last days, praise the Lord. Because guess what? He will give us the grace to suffer. Like, who was that that got uh, stoned? Stephen? We can look up and say, there's Christ Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I personally don't believe he suffered. I believe he went straight up there and died. 
big deal. And if we're not, if we're called to suffer, we will be given the grace to suffer. If we are given the grace to succeed, we will succeed because we are the light. As he said, when Jesus is out there shining, we don't, our light doesn't shine very much, does it? But in the darkness, we can be seen from out of space even, little lights. So let your light shine, let it flow you, and continue. Look, when I'm doing something wrong, just something point it out. I won't like that, but I need help. <laughs> we have family. So I know I'll continue because there's only one perfect being. The rest of us are broken. But I remember also telling someone this. God takes the broken and those pieces. But what in some area of repair, and I think it's Japan, when they repair something, they repair it with gold. The more broken we are, the more gold is holding us together. And that gold is valuable. But it's porous. It lets the light out. So let your light out, and that just like the old, um, I forget what it was, um, a crack pot. Go to the water, fill up the crack pot, and when the person's walking back home, all that water's pouring out. So going down the, the road this way, there's no, no plants, but when he's coming back, or she's coming back, the water is spilling, and there's an overgrowth of flowers, and of course there's bees and everything else. So remember, you're filled with joy, you're filled with love because you're filled with the Christ. Thank you. Okay. Whew. Um, so all 2021, except for, uh, I guess, four months, has been hell. <laughs> um, I have, hmm, the devil has just been really fighting my family all 2021 uh but it started before 2021 um so i developed what i consider anxiety and um i told myself i don't want to go on anxiety medicine so i started smoking well i didn't realize how dependent i had become on on marijuana uh um, so, uh, actually while I'm up here, I'm going to speak for my boyfriend as well. He just stopped vaping. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I decided now that I'm in this relationship, see, I moved to Maryville, um, a little four months ago, just about, um, and, uh, I've just... It's been very peaceful, but of course, I've still been traumatized by things going on in my family. Uh, my mother is an addict, uh, in and out of jail. My Nana is very sick, um, stress-related sick. So when she's stressed out, she just gets really, really sick. And uh, so I started smoking heavily. Um, I thought that that was the best thing to do. Well, um, I guess two weeks ago, me and my um, my boyfriend, we were we were we were sitting and we just started talking about God. Now, I've always prayed for a relationship because I, I've been in abusive re relationships, 
um, I've always prayed for a relationship where we could put God in the center. And uh, my Nana always told me, because she's, she's, she's a Christian, and I, I, I grew up in a church. Um, she always told me, you can't be on both sides of the fence. So that's what I told my boyfriend. And uh, we were actually smoking and vaping before that. And uh, I was like, well, I guess this means I need to stop smoking and you need to stop vaping. <laughs> and it's it's crazy because his vape stopped working. My the, the yeah, uh, my 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 marijuana disappeared. Yeah, and I was like, well, that's a sure sign of anything. Um, so it hasn't been easy, but um, I'm clean. I I don't have the desire to go back. And here we are in a church being welcomed by awesome people. So I just, I am so thankful for the hard times that I went through this year. And I am even more thankful for where I'm at now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Who's next? Come on. Everybody's got to be excited about bragging about what God is doing. Okay, I just have to think because he does so much, you know, and I don't want to. Okay, uh, sure, armed and dangerous, just, just today. I'm just going to talk about today for a second. Uh, God woke me up really early, like for something, for something. And uh, to prepare for what he's going to do today. Enough's enough. We're not taking the crap that the enemy is giving us. You know, I, I really, I sat down this morning and said, Lord, I've been complacent. You know, my heart was so on fire. And I'm not saying that I don't love Jesus, but I want to go back to my original love of him. You know, when you first get saved, you're so on fire. And, you know, I want that back. I want it back. So I'm just saying that. So this year, hmm. It's been interesting, <laughs> but uh, I am a former federal employee, uh, civil rights investigator, and um, I thought I'd be working in my dress. My job is really stressful. These guys pray me, pray for me all the time. But uh, I thought I'd be working for two more years, and um, some mandates came down the line, which I didn't agree with because it, I believe, was against my civil rights, which I. That's what I do for a living. But anyways, uh, the Lord spoke to my husband and said, you're going to retire in November. So I'm so thankful for that because I really complained about my job. I'm like, oh, then, Lord, you, you don't like complaining. I'm sorry. And, you know, it's just back and forth, back and forth. But uh, he, he gave me an out. So I was really excited about that. But in that, let's see, this year, uh, so I'm very, very thankful for that. I don't know what God is going to be doing in my life. But right now, it, I am an intercessor, and I'm going to be praying. And, um, you know, we've seen major things happen here. And the enemy wants to tell you that, why bother? Why bother praying about that? You know, if you, if you ask me to pray for you and I say yes, then I'm going to pray for you. That's my word. You need to be men and women that, that your word, if you're going to pray for somebody, you need, to, you need to do it. Just don't say, oh, prayers. Don't say nothing, Okay. We're in this season. Our prayers matter. They're important. Look at Trinity, uh, you know, that little girl. There's so many prayers that have been answered. I mean, miracles are happening. People are, are turning around. Um, just There's so many things happening. So I just want to encourage you um, 
you know, even in the midst, the enemy will tell me, well, look at, look at this person in your family. Or, or you pray for that person, they didn't get healed. You know, we need to, we are men and women of God. And our prayers are important. And when we pray, Father hears them. They may not be answered the way we think they should, but they will be answered. And, um, you know, I look, I look back at this just this last year, and I'm so thankful for these two and our, my family here. I'm so thankful that that one day that I met you guys and, and then you were starting, and I was like, oh, that'd be really cool if they started a church, and they did. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just so thankful. And um, let's see, but the last year, there's been a lot going on, lots and lots of stuff. And, uh, but prayers are getting us through. And, um, you know, go to a conference and I, I was praying for a lady at this conference, and um, the anointing was so strong. She's crying her eyeballs out, and God's touching her. And I leave, and I f- trip and fall in the parking lot and get a concussion and break my wrist in the church. So I knew I was, but this is what I said. Well, I must be doing something right. These guys were here, Wendy, <laughs> and the girls were there, and uh, they helped me through it. But you know what? We got through it, right? Drove my no, look at this. Woo, I can do this. It's, it works really good. It was broke straight. And it was a nice straight break. Poop, straight across. No weirdness. So, um, and the concussion, the thing about that was I got prayer. Uh, Wendy and Sue came over my house because it was getting bad. I, was, I lost my taste and my smell. Now, I didn't have COVID. It was a concussion. <laughs> and, and I was getting weird. I couldn't, I couldn't be around places. Noise was bothering me. And this was going on. Finally, they said, we're coming over to pray for you. You know, immediately, they prayed for me, and immediately the symptoms went away. Everything, everything went away. I, I mean, so I just want to encourage you to pray, okay? If you don't feel like you have an anointing, that's okay. Pray anyways. Just get step out. Be healed in the name of Jesus. That's all you got to say. So I just want to encourage you. This year, I believe prophetically that um, I, as we were praying today, I, that's, I know it's not a testimony, but it will be a testimony when you come back, is that um, doors are shutting, the old doors. I've seen that again. Again, I've seen it, that the old gate's shutting and the new gate's opening. So those things in the past have shut, and a new God's opening a new uh, gate for us to walk through. We're going to see healings. We're going to see miracles more we're going to see those things but we need to stand in unity and that's one thing I'm seeing in this place is you know tree got chug a little bit there we're, but we're we're, we're unified <laughs> a little bit but we're unified we love one another and when you're unified you know the tower of Babel you know they were unified not in a good way you know where they were going but when you're unified so many things can happen when you're in one accord so I think that we all have the same vision and want to see things happen. So just be ready for this next year to see what God's going to do. Amen. Who's next? These are awesome. Well, you got to. Well, come on. Jeff. Good job, Daniel, stepping in for the camera. Uh, two big things. Um, 
I'll start with uh, probably the most stressful thing. So I stood up two years ago and I said, God told us what house we should buy. Right? Does everybody remember that testimony? Okay, well, I'm going to give you a really short but update. So over two years, uh, Justin knows some of my issues. Jason has been my ear, and I'm sure Wendy has been the ear for Casey. We have gone through hell, um, struggling with the builders and issues with the house. And from foundation issues to, like, nail pops, like that span, huge stuff. And, um, but there's a blessing in, in that. Um, the house that I bought, even with all these problems, the value of the house has gone up one and a half times since I bought it. Thank you, Maryville City, and how expensive it is. But, um, the amount of, the hardest part, I guess, through this year, and, and, and I'll get to the praise part of it, just bear with me, is um, waking up every day, seeing the issues in your house, coming back home in the evening, seeing the issues in your house, and saying, man, I hate this house. And, but this is the house that God told you to give it in. If, if, for those of you that weren't here two years ago, me and Casey were living at our in-law's house and we were with the kids and we were laying in the pool and I was like, we, I gotta get out of this place. Like, Sorry guys, love you, but it's like, I gotta get out of here. Uh, and I said, all right, God's given us visions of, or visions, signs of which house we should buy by name, literal name. And I said, okay, we're both very stubborn to convince. And I said, all right, let's ask one more time. We're gonna both close our eyes and God's gonna paint a picture in our head on what, what it should be. She painted the exact same picture, so we bought the house. So that's the, the quick sum up why we bought it. So dealing with contractors after contractors saying, like you bring in one guy and he says, dude, that guy that did that work sucks. And you're like, come on, man, I live here. <laughs> why, why are you telling me my house sucks? And then you find out more issues and more issues and more issues, and you go through, um, like, regional people. I've, we've gone through three different regional position people. They've retired or quit or been fired. And so notes have been lost and work orders have been lost. And I'm going, bro, I have all of them. Do I need to resend them for the second time? I will give them to you. Um, we've had people showed up at the house while I had COVID, breaking br um, concrete blocks under my home without me knowing. I went into the house and very unpolitely asked him to leave while staying six feet away from him. Um, uh, and then I sent his boss a really nice message to say, and it was very nice, I said, don't be mad, don't give him crap because he was doing what his job was, but I don't appreciate it, etc. Now, to the praise, right? There's always praise. Um... The now we're on our third regional person, and he is from Nashville. And he comes in, and we talk to him. And I'm like, So, how long you got? Because I got stories. And so, he literally took time out of his evening and sat and talked to me and my wife. And we expressed how much 
it's frustrating. And, and my words was, dude, I hate this house. He goes, now I'm going to stop you and ask you, do you hate the house because of the layout or do you hate the house because of like the response you're getting for the repairs? And I said, is there a difference? Like, what's the difference? And he goes, well, I mean, the people you've been dealing with, are they the reason you're hating where you live? And I said, okay, yeah, that's mainly the thing. He goes, okay, well, let's fix that. They installed new foundations in the house, which I don't think were needed, but okay. Now I think you can put a, a car in my living room and it'll be fine. Um, still didn't fix the issue. They brought in another guy and me and him went under the house and just talked. Really nice guy. I think I would hire him in a heartbeat anywhere um, to fix anything because he will sit and explain it to you and walk you through it. He said, let me just check something. And the problem that I said, what I think it was two years ago, that no one checked could be part of the problem. And they're going to pull all the hardwood up in the area that the problem is in my house, try to fix it. And if not, they're gonna probably give me new hardwood across the whole downstairs or house, which isn't cheap. And so that's a praise because I've been fighting with them for two years over it. And then I've been fighting with them over one piece of vinyl siding at the front that is waving. And um, a man named Carlos um, at 6.30 at night was in the dark last week, was on the roof with me explaining and talking to me how it was set up and installed wrong, which made me feel kind of bad. But he said, you know what, I'm gonna try to get two full um, squares of siding for your gables on your front of your house. So I got a call from the guy, from his boss, and he said, yeah, we're gonna do it. So that's the praise too. So now the ball's rolling, things are getting fixed, and God is showing like, hey, look, yeah, you stayed in this house, and you hated it, and you said you hated it, but I'm gonna show you why you should love it. And it took me a while to actually come calm down to an extent to hear like that in my mind. And one that's I struggle hearing him a lot. But that um being said, I'm sitting here going like, okay, well let's see. Like you're telling me you're gonna show me I wanna see it. And I'm excited to see moving forward what um, God has in store for there. Now, for the second praise part, um, I think also two years ago I talked about how it's hard to talk to my family in general about God. My dad being Muslim, my mom being Christian, and, my, and us being raised to believe that there is, a, is something, but not any like key what it is like you believe in God you believe if you're good you're gonna go to heaven yes it's like a very like um, minimal mindset of faith so I've always struggled talking to my brothers about it um, and the one brother that I did not even think would be receptive to it I had a conversation, an actual, like, respectful conversation about it. Because you all know if you start talking to somebody about Jesus, they are either like, yeah, okay. Or they're like, okay, 
are you done? Like, I mean, I'm ready to, can we change the topic? And, um, he's a very logical in the world guy, like very in the world guy. And, um, I'll call him out on it cause he knows I will and it's okay. Um, but he's the only one that I'll, I could, I sat and I talked to him for like an hour and a half. We were moving a couch to some college kids campus or at UT, the college kids dorm. And, um, lovingly I called out a college student in a mean way, but it's okay. Uh, well, um, yeah, he was a freshman. So we talked about work ethic, but, <laughs> but it's okay. Cause I apologize afterwards, but long story short, uh, he was really receptive in talking about it. Um, and, uh, I mean, I'm, I want to see, I want to have more of a conversation with him cause it feels like he's the only one I can really like talk to in it. And, uh, I'm going to try, um, but breaking ground with the family. And so that's my praise for, for him, like just trying to show, I, I got to see that and it made me feel good. Cause if you know me, I, I will talk about it, but I'm not comfortable talking to uh, others in general. I'm not a great sharer when it comes to people that I'm not comfortable with like you guys. Um, but uh, I want to see what God does breaking through my rest of my family and if it means to like he says um, plant the seed and, and pray instead of continuing and just let him work on it or to uh, actually um, keep knocking on that door and waiting to see what the results are. So those are my, minus all the sickness and healing, and, and that's the positives, but like those are my big, like those big things that have been heavy on my heart this uh, year. I'm gonna tell you a quick funny story about Jeff. Jeff has a twin brother. I won't tell that story. I do want to point out something. Do you guys see what God does? Because if we don't stop and point this out, I'm not sure you see the significance. God told him to buy a house. Satan wants him to doubt God and hearing God's voice, so the house is a disaster. Because if Satan can destroy his faith in God, he can't witness to his family that are Muslim, agnostic, whatever you want to call that's a big deal. But we lose those little details, right? Why are we going through this house thing? And I think about John. John, your identity, I'm speaking for you. I hope that's okay. His identity was in being a surgeon. And he felt like that was ripped. But now we get John. Lucky us. We get John to do ministry with because he's retired. And Karen doesn't want him in the house all the time. <laughs> all right, who's next? Maybe Robin, since I started to steal her story. All right. We want you to praise the Lord, but keep it brief. Yeah, because I hate talking in front of everybody. So I do. I really do. Um, so I was going to say, um, Jeff is full of it because 
Like, he has not gone through all this stuff. I saw him happily shopping at the Costco last week. <laughs> this is you, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> this is Jeff's twin brother. So um, I had to take that picture. And uh, did you see it? I sent it to Casey. <laughs> and so the girls, you know, whenever we're leaving, Marley's saying, bye, Jeff. <laughs> so... So anyways, yeah, all is well, Jeff. This is proof. You're good to go. Um, so I just wanted to, um, to share about opportunities that I've had um, to witness and not even um, on purpose. Um, and um, I got a text message. Um, we have a group text message going, me and Justin. Jason and Wendy, and it's normally really, you know, it's serious stuff, but it's funny stuff. But um, I got a serious text message um, a week or so ago from Jason just saying, um, you know, like I had a lot of big plans this year. <laughs> I applied for 25 entry-level jobs this year. Um, I only interviewed for mm, three of them. I took... Um, two of the jobs. One, I didn't even start because I got another opportunity to take another job and then um, after a week on this um, job, I just knew I was not in the right place. Like I knew, um, I, I just felt so lost and I knew that I'd been trying to do everything that I could do myself um, selfishly to, you know, be able to work and um, I just knew Friday the position was great. There was nothing wrong with it. I could have thrived, um, and I just knew by Friday that I was not in the right place. Um, Wendy didn't even know anything because I hadn't even said anything. I didn't even say anything really to Justin. Um, we had just been so hit or miss, and that week back to work and our family was just chaos, and so um, didn't even have a chance to talk to Justin about it. But I knew that I was going to not be able to move forward in this position. And it crushed me because I've just been trying to go back to work all year, um, full time. Um, I like to work. I like to work in nine to five position. And I like to, I, there's just a different productivity about me that um, I, I just, I wanted to be able to go back to work. And um, I saw Wendy in passing on Sunday um, after that Friday. And she looked at me, and it's just like we sort of passed, um, you know, in the church. And uh, she said, hey, I just want to let you know I've been praying about you and your new position. And I don't think that you're supposed to be where you're at. And I was like, really funny story because, um, you know, I had already been planning on, you know, and, and I knew this. And so there's no way that Wendy could have known this because... Um, we hadn't talked about it at all. Um, for all anybody knew, you know, all was well in my world, and, you know, I had just started this new job. So um, there's a lot of um, things that have happened this year, and, and I'm just so, um, you know, set in believing that all of the things happen for a reason. Timing is, timing is everything, and it's not, on, you know, what we want, and, you know, how we ideally, you know, want things to happen, and I'm proof of that. Um, I am especially qualified in, 
and there um, and I wanted to go back to work 25 different applications and nobody wanted to hire me so you know so there's uh, the, the timing was all wrong um, and um, everything it, it just it worked out the way it was supposed to so in my, in, in my free time and you know my downtime which I don't really have a lot of um, you know I, I do own a business um, and <clears throat> this business has allowed me to make so many different connections um, within the community um, and one being uh, the Pregnancy Resource Center. Um, it was not this year, last year. Um, in, it was last it was February 2020. Um, I was contacted by the Pregnancy Resource Center. Um, and so I went in to meet the director, who's Valerie Millsaps. And, um, you know, so she wanted me to do an event um, for my business's Tickled Orange. And um, so I went and met with her, but at this time they had just gotten their new building. So um, I got to do a tour of the building. I didn't know a lot about the Pregnancy Resource Center, so I was just asking her, you know, some questions about, you know, what does your resource do, you know? And so um, she just gave me the full tour. Um, they, uh, it, it's just a plethora of pregnancy resources. They do in-house um, ultrasounds, um, and that's one of the things that they do to um, encourage women, you know, like to see life and to see, you know, to encourage them to, to keep their child. Um, so they have a lot of tools and a lot of resources um, in-house. Um, and unbeknownst um, to me um, that, you know, that I got to, you know, familiarize myself with that resource um, a couple weeks later, uh, my best friend reaches out to me. She's adopted this little girl, um, and the birth mom is, um, or the bio mom is pregnant again with a baby. And so, you know, she's like, I I've got to do something to help her. You know, um, I don't know what that looks like for you, if you can help her, if it's financially, if it's, you know, anything. And I was like, I, I don't think that, for some reason in my heart, money, like financially, where she was at, um, she was an addict as well, um, financially was not the answer in my heart. And I was like, what is it? And so um, I was like, oh, my goodness, I just um, visited the Pregnancy Resource Center. So um, I got this lady's contact information. I reached out to her, and I said, listen, I know you don't know me. Um, Amber is my best friend, and um, so she knew of me. Um, but I said, Pregnancy Resource Center, they are starting this Bible study, and um, I would love to introduce you to this resource, um, get you into this Bible study if you're open to it. I'll even come and pick you up wherever you're at and take you to this Bible study every week. Um, so it was when COVID hit, so um, they were meeting, and then all of a sudden they were doing it virtual. Um, so I got to know... Um, I got to know this girl, I got to know the Pregnancy Resource Center, and I got to know this Bible study um, because I had just been sort of a support through it. Um, fast forward to this year, um, I had, you know, like in my downtime, because I'm not going back to work full time, I had um, two of the ladies within the Pregnancy Resource Center reach out to me to see if I wanted to do um, the Embrace Grace Bible study. And I'm laughing because I'm like, you guys want me <laughs> um, to lead women, you know, to Jesus through this Bible study. Like, I, I, I mean, it, it was 
it was an honor, but I laughed about it because I'm like, you know, it's me. And if you know me, I'm laughing about everything. I'm joking about everything. You know, I'm not serious about anything. And, you know, and so I had two different people reach out and I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I really am supposed to be doing this Bible study. So I sat down with Valerie again and I just explained to her, I was like, I don't know why um, you guys want me to do this, but, you know, I'm up for the challenge. So um, Embrace Grace, this class started in um, October and um, this Tuesday is going to be our last um, meeting. So it's really a 12-week Bible study and they do it in the spring and the fall. Um, and we condense this one into um, 10 weeks. And we're actually still behind a week because we spend a lot of time talking. <laughs> I know this is a surprise you, Jason. We spend a lot of time talking in this in this class, okay? And um, we do go by the um, by the curriculum, but this is just an opportunity. Um, so there's three women, and um, if you volunteer on Thursday, you'll have a chance to meet them. There's Jillian and Yamalee and Dolores is who we have adopted. Um, so Jillian, um, she is young. I think she's 19. Um, she grew up in church, and um, she works in the Maryville City School System, um, and she has just been especially shunned. Um, she doesn't have a relationship with a child's father, um, and I have watched her pretty much sit there um, and, you know, sort of look down, not say anything, very quiet and reserved. Um, the first time she was in the class to a couple of weeks ago, she said, um, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to get the courage and I think I'm going to walk back into my church this Sunday. She, her problem is she's grown up with all these kids, you know, within the church and, um, you know, and all of a sudden she's still one of the kids, but she's pregnant. So she's different. And she just took herself out of that. Uh, her parents also got divorced. Um, and so she just really removed herself. And she really, you know, lost touch with the relationship with God. And and I wanted to, you know, and the first time I met with these girls, I said, listen, I'm not forcing anything on you, you know, how you feel about this. If, if this is not, you know, encouraging to you or whatever, you, and, and you don't come back next week, like, I totally understand. I get it. And what I have seen from these women is that they have come back every week, you know, hungry, or they've come back every week with um, just stories that they've brought back from their week on, you know, just how they're opening up their mind and their mindset and their hearts, you know, to Jesus and the healing. Um, and, the, and they want it. And um, I don't know why um, I have been, you know, chosen to be in the position to do this, but my prayer is that, you know, God moves through me. Um, it is just a, it's a passion of mine to, to lead. I'm not perfect, um, but there's something about even just getting you through the doors, even of this church, or just like planting the seed of the idea um, of the, the relationship that you can have with Jesus. Um, I have had um, one of the girls in there, Yamalee, um, you know, and I'm just real with these girls. So I'm like, you know, this curriculum is talking about, you know, 
um, what's on your social media, you know, how you're influenced by social media. And I just stopped the video and said, so tell me what's on your social media. Tell me who you really are. Like, what's in your bio? And, um, you know, the one girl, she says, well, mine says something like I'm a bad A, you know, B word, you know, and it's just like, okay, you know, like, do you really identify yourself as that? Like, how, how are you feeling about that? And she's like, you know, really, no, I'm not, you know, it's like, I actually feel bad. She said, I actually feel bad that I have that. But like, why does she feel bad? Right? Because, you know, she is, she's becoming, you know, like, she's starting to find her identity somewhere else and not in, you know, just that, like, I'm a bad, you know, whatever. Um, and so I love that. I, that. That's real. That's real talk. That's really connecting with someone. Um, and then I have Dolores, who, y'all, she is a very special human being to me. And that's why I chose her for our church to adopt, because um, she has been through some serious tragedy in her life. She's pregnant with this baby. She's my age. Um, and um, she's pregnant with this baby. Um, she doesn't have a relationship with the child's father. She has two more children, okay, 11 and 4. They're boys. But she has lost two children prior to in a car accident that she was ultimately responsible for. Um, well, she was held responsible for. Um, and she, part of her testimony is, and I have asked her to write down her testimony, um, Dolores is Hispanic, so there's a little bit of a language barrier, and she wants to be able to share her story, and so I asked her if she would write it down, so I don't know if she's going to bring that on Thursday, if she's going to share that, but I would love to share that somehow, because this woman has been through, like, you know, I, I think about, you know, someone who's been through, you know, pain, you know, just like, um, but she's lost two children, um, and she and you can, you can see it in her, you know, and you can and feel it through, you know, things that she shares. She had a relationship with these children, a very special relationship. She loves being a mommy. Um, and so um, she has been through a lot of hardship. And um, on the day that she was supposed to be sentenced, um, apparently... She said, I just got up that morning and I just prayed because I knew that, you know, I was going to be going to jail and, you know, they were going to convict me. And um, she said, um, when I got there, the judge basically told me that it wasn't my fault and that I was free to go. So she has a serious testimony. Um, but I have seen her, you know, um, I've seen her just speak up in class and participate and, you know, share um, and she's bold, um, and she is, um, she does have a relationship, you know, with Jesus, and, and you can see that, you know, through, um, how she talks and how she, she communicates, um, so these are very, three very special ladies to me, it, it was such an unlikely way that, you know, I, I got to meet these ladies, um, I'm so very grateful that the church has, you know, jumped on, and, um, they are, you all are going to support um, this baby shower that's part of the it's part of the program is that there's the baby shower at the end of the Bible study um, and they're adopted by a church and you know we've been trying to find different service projects for our church to be involved in and and when I approached this um, project to Jason and Wendy and they were like absolutely they came on board they've done the groundwork they've met with um, 
Valerie, you know, to become also familiar with um, this resource. There's a lot of wonderful community resources um, that I've been able to um, connect people with. However, um, I, I love to connect um, um, people's, individuals, organizations, whatever, especially if I, if I feel like um, someone that you may know or someone can benefit. So, um, yeah, so um, that is a, a little bit about, you know, some of the good that's come from my, from my unexpected year um, is that I have been able to, um, you know, at, at least plant the seed. And, and that at least, you know, to me um, is purposeful enough. You know, however, however it grows or if it's fruitful, you know, I'm grateful. Um, but it, and if it doesn't, you know, I'm still grateful that I had the opportunity to, to plant the seed. Um, but I've had a lot of opportunities to do that. A lot of people, you know, at least get their foot through the doors of our church. Um, and I'm really grateful for, I, I try to, you know, share, share our church with, um, people. And so I'll send him clips of Jason, like the videos from his preachings, like the ones that I feel like would be really purposeful. And I just send them to him and I say, um, this is our pastor's preaching style. If you like it, you know, and you, you want to give that a chance, if, that, if you're comfortable with seeing that first instead of coming through the doors first. Um, and I've gotten some people to come in, you know, through the doors. Um, and, and it just takes that, just that little bit of minimal effort to, you know, to share, um, to, to share about Jesus and, and planting that seed. So, um, yeah, so... I don't even know how to end this. Just we know. We you. see. <laughs> thank you. That's why we say keep it short. No, but seriously. She never got back to the text she was going to reference, so I'll finish her story. The text was, it didn't make sense to you why that door shut for that job you wanted so bad, but look at the opportunities God's allowed her to help connect us with the ministries we just served. So praise the Lord. All right, let's do one more. Got time for one more? All right, one more. Kaylin. Wendy said keep it short. Because Robin took everybody's time. Justin was going to do one, but. It'll be short. Okay. Um, so God really wanted me to speak about this. I was like, what was one thing that, I'm just going to try not to cry, but what is one thing that I struggled with this year? And so, I mean, I've been a student for like forever and it I've been a student up until like May of this year and God I'm like the society tells us like that's your identity and like I was like after graduating I was like I literally lost my identity like who am I like I don't even know who I am I can't say that I'm a student anymore because I'm no longer a student and so I have really fought, like, I'm like, I don't even know who I am. Like, I was like, I don't even know what I want to do. Like, why did I go through school and spend this much money? Because it's a lot of money. <laughs> and um, I don't know. God's really been working on me and, like, telling me, like, you know, like, your identity, like, isn't in this world. Like, that's the world's label for you or, like, whatever. And so, like, I have to keep reminding myself that, like, my identity isn't God. Like, I am a daughter. Like, we've talked about, like, I'm a daughter of Christ. I'm a daughter of God, and that is, an, that is my identity. It's just really hard sometimes to find that, but I'm really grateful for this church. I was, think, I was talking to people, and I was like, like, there's a lot that's happened this year, 
But if I didn't have this church and if I didn't have these people around me, then like I would still be in that mess. I would still be back there. Um, so I, I'm, I'm happy that um, I'm here and I have lovely people. So. Um, I just want to tell everybody thank you. We've had a really rough two years. Um, last year for me personally was a give up time. Um, I didn't even tell Jason, but, you know, there were several days I had to call some friends that don't even live here and say I need prayer because I want to pack my bags and I want to leave. I want to tell Jason and the boys I'm going to be gone for a little while. And it was real hard. But God's bigger. And so thank you guys for sticking with us. We had a lot of stuff come up against us, but I know that God never takes you out of the game. You can take yourself out, but God doesn't take you out. He always has your back. So I just want to say thank you to all my friends that have stuck, that have prayed. And um, I know God has big things. Um, his things, thanks Robin, look different than our thoughts and our plans. I thank you all for all the new people that are here, um, that are coming, and um, I know God has good plans, and so thank you for your prayers, and just um, continue to just keep reaching towards the Lord, and um, he's going to get us through all this stuff, and we're going to be able to look back and go, wow, we had to push through all this weird adversity, and sometimes it didn't make sense. It was crazy. But God's going to get us through these crazy times as a family together. Amen. We have to stick together in these times because we're, that's what's going to get us through the craziness is being a family. So thank you guys. I appreciate it. And I love you guys. So thank you for everyone who got up and was vulnerable and shared. The goal was to show how Jesus shines through when Satan's trying to destroy. Satan tried to destroy Jesus before he could do ministry. Do you think he ain't going to try to destroy us? And we've talked about it. Wendy talked about it. I want to thank you all, too, because it's unbelievable the things that we did go through, people that we put trust in, that we put, that we put time into that just turned. And it didn't make sense. But God said, keep putting one foot in front of the other. What has come out of that? A unity we would have never had before, and I praise God for that. I got one quick story to end, and it kind of ties into what we're going to do after service. I'm going to ask Lonnie to come up and briefly explain it. So we had an incident happen here this week, and some of you have heard this story. If you have, I'm sorry, you're going to hear it again. I'll be, I'll be fairly brief, like faster than Robin brief. Um, we pray every day for angels to surround and protect this property that no evil will be allowed on this property. And I can't tell you how many times bride and grooms come in for tours, whether they book or not, and they say, wow, we just felt peace when we drove through the gates. We're always playing Christian music to create that peace. So Thursday morning, I'm getting ready to leave to go buy some wood to start on building a barn. And I go in the bathroom, and I just look up at the security camera, and there's a guy standing up at the gate. 
the gates are closed. There's a guy standing up there with a black hoodie on. You can't see his face. He's got his arms crossed. And then I watch him walk away down the road. So that is not what I was expecting to see on Thursday morning. And you're like, why is this guy in the middle of nowhere standing at our gate? So I'm quickly trying to rewind, the, which I don't do this very often, so I'm trying to rewind it and see, and I see that he walks up the road, walks up to our gate, stops, looks out, and walks off. By the time I figure all this out, I look out the window, and he is walking through the field towards the barn. So I run and grab a gun. And, I, and Wendy's asleep in the camper, by the way. It's early that morning. The boys are starting homeschool. I grab a gun. I go running outside, and I'm like, lock the door behind me. There's a guy in the field. They did what they were asked to do. They locked the door behind me. I got outside, racked the gun, and the gun jammed. Now I'm locked out of my building, and my children have run to hide. <laughs> and I've got this demonic-looking guy walking right towards me. So I run back, bang on the door. They come open the door. Now i got to go to the camper to get the second gun, wake Wendy up. So that added a little stress to the situation. Come back, rack the gun inside. That's the moral of the story. Rack the gun inside before your son locks you out that you asked to lock you out. And I went out there, and I don't remember exactly what I said to him, but it was kind of like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're in my field. Get out of my field. And he said, this is my land. And he was extremely demonic. So immediately you're thinking, probably high on drugs, right? I don't think so. Like, I've been around a lot of drug addicts, and I've seen a lot of demonic things through drugs. This guy was just pure demonic. Okay? So I'm like, you know, to, to be honest, he wasn't on our land, though. He was on our neighbor's land. Our, our property line's not that far over here, and he's on our neighbor's land. And I'm like, you need to get off our land. You need to get off now. And he starts aggressively coming towards me. So for the first time in my life, I point a loaded gun at a man. That is a scary situation. And I don't know if I'm praying. I don't know what all's going through my mind, to be honest with you. Like, in that moment, it's just kind of crazy. And I was like, I'm telling you, if you keep coming towards me, I'm going to shoot you. And he stopped. And so then I got a gun in one hand, phone in the other one, calling 911. And they asked me to give a description. I'm like, he's got a black hoodie. He's got green shorts. By the way, it's like 30 degrees that morning. I'm out there in flip-flops and shorts and a T-shirt shaking. I'm a Barney Fife out here. And... Um, <laughs> and citizens arrest <laughs> and I start giving him a description and he starts helping me he looks down and he goes brown shoes <laughs> like this guy's whacked so they said they're going to send the police by the way it takes 15 minutes for the police to respond to an emergency in Blount County I found out and that's a long 15 minutes but then he starts to walk up the property towards the road so I follow up the driveway because now I'm like, well, I want him to get off the property, but I kind of want the police to get him too, you know. And so I'm walking up the property, and uh, Wendy is watching all this, and she brings a coat out. And you know what Wendy started doing, right? She started, like, praying loud. And the harder she prayed, the more he manifested. He stopped in our driveway, and that's when she's like, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. And he started yelling point up down around he started going crazy the more she rebuked evil spirits the weirder it got then the police showed up so i hand wendy the gun and say going back down with the gun because i don't want to get shot by the police 
911 operator said, is he armed? And I was like, I don't think so, but I am. And she goes, well, you need to get rid of that before the police get there. And I was like, I will get rid of it when the police get here, not a moment before. <laughs> and so they ask him how he's doing, and he's very normal. He goes, I'm fine. And they said, what are you doing? He said, I went for a walk from my house, and I'm just trying to go home. And they said, well, where do you live? And he said, I live right there and pointed here. And they're like, sir, you don't live here. So they took him away in the car. We don't have a clue what happened. What's the point? Isn't that a moment that you would walk in and go, oh, gosh, who's going to show up on our land again? And you'd be in fear and all that. But I had this unbelievable peace that praying for our borders to be protected happened. He never walked through that gate. I can show you the video. He walked up to the gate, crossed his arms, stared in, started to walk away, and he stopped and he looked. And if you notice on our gate, there's a little red ribbon that represents the blood of Jesus on that gate. And he stops and looks at it and walks on. When he came across, he never made it to our boundary. So what should have been a fearful moment, I praise God, he was not allowed on our property. So Lonnie showed up today and she said, enough is enough. And she has brought grape juice to represent the blood of Jesus, anointing oil, and some special water. And we want to invite you. If you want to leave, go home, go eat, whatever, that's fine. But some of us are going to walk this property and we're going to declare and anoint this property. This is the home of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ, our Father God, and no evil will come here. People will come here for healing and refuge, not for fear and all that garbage that comes with it. So I don't know what happened with the guy. I looked up their arrest records. He doesn't show up as an arrest that day. So, you know, oh, I got to tell the funny end of this story, and Peyton's going to kill me for telling this. So our security cameras are in our bathroom. So I come back down after all this has transpired, and I rewind the video and show it to our family. <laughs> and then I walk off and forget to get it back to current. <laughs> so it's still in playback mode, like rewound. <laughs> I leave. I go on and get my wood. I'm at peace. Everything's good. Peyton goes in to use the bathroom, <laughs> and he looks up at the camera, and the guy's standing there because it's had enough time in playback for the guy to get back up there. <laughs> so Peyton's like, oh, he's back. <laughs> so y'all can pray for Peyton. They won't be mad at me for telling that story. They won't be traumatized for thinking the guy was back. Because I made the comment, I hope they don't just go down the road and let him off. Like, let him out of the car and he comes back. And Peyton's like, oh, my gosh, they've let him out. <laughs> so ask him about that experience. Lonnie, do you want to add to that what you
Thank you, Lonnie. So if you get confronted by evil, do what Wendy did. Pray. Don't do what I did. I, like, went at it with a gun. She went at it with prayer. <laughs> you know, Sue always said you carry a gun, you pray out the demon, but if the demon doesn't respond, then you shoot the demon. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rest in that. I just got a little ahead of it. So I'm going to pray. Thank you guys for sharing your stories. Thank you for bragging on God. We should be ready and willing to give our testimony at any moment and recognize the power of Jesus in our lives, even when things look bleak. So I'm going to pray, and then you guys can go, and we'll let you know what we're doing next week. Father, thank you for your testimonies. Your word says that the enemy is defeated by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimonies. Jesus, we thank you for your blood that protects us, that heals us, that saves us, that delivers us. And, Father, we thank you for the testimonies given. And, and I just pray they give glory to you, Father. It's not about any of us. We have been put in situations that we may or may not have done the right thing, but you steered it to your thing, and I thank you for that, Father. So I pray that people are encouraged today. In a dark world, that we would be a light, but we would be encouraged, that we would leave here full of hope and encouragement. In Jesus' holy name, amen. You guys have an awesome week.